Good morning to our loyal WFYL listeners around the world. Welcome back to your Philadelphia Friday, only on Fox News Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in once again, because you still have the right to hear and the right to be heard. We're here with you on 1180 AM and broadcasting real time at 1180WFYL.com. Coming to you straight from the birthplace of liberty here in the greater Philadelphia area. And we continue to fight day in and day out as your voice of freedom in the Delaware Valley. I'm attorney Mike Giramita from Giramita Law Offices, but everybody knows me as Mike G., And you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters. And you can listen to our program every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. So let's be heard. I want to remind our listeners that you can participate in the free and open exchange of thoughts and ideas throughout the entire week. By way of the Mike G in the Morning social media profiles. Our YouTube channel is Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our videos and subscribe. And leave a comment once in a while, why don't you? Please. Facebook profile is facebook.com slash Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our page. Our Twitter handle is at Radio Mike G. And we've also got a screen name on the thing they call the Instantgrams website. And our screen name on the Instantgrams is Mike G in the Morning. You know, I hear there's also a new mechanism called the TikTok. We ought to get up on the TikTok. I don't know if they can handle Mike G. I think they're supposed to be short videos. We might run out of time. I also want to remind everybody about the powerhouse lineup we've got here. At the Fox News Radio WFYL family. We've got intellectual giant Ben Shapiro bringing you the Ben Shapiro show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got new friend of mine, Scott Adams, bringing you the Scott Adams show weekdays from 9 a.m. until noon. Second Amendment advocate Dana Lash coming at you weekdays from 1 p.m. right until Ben Shapiro. And finally, we've got Michael Savage. Bringing you the Savage Nation weekdays at 6 p.m. So don't forget to tune in and show them some love. And with that, you know what time it is. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. You know, I'm curious to know, do any of our listeners out there feel like they're sick and tired of being told what to do. I sometimes wonder to what degree people disagree with what's being said and more so take offense to the way it's being said. I'm sick and tired of being told what to do. The government has no bones about doing that, do they? They don't mind getting out there and treating us like their subjects, making demands, giving orders, not a fan. 
even in instances where you may agree in substance with what's being proposed, if it's being ordered, if it's being forced upon you, shouldn't you at least have the opportunity to ask why? That may be the biggest issue with what's going on today, is people are demonized and criticized if they simply ask why. You know, growing up, I was never one to just shut up and do what I was told. Maybe it got me in a whole lot of trouble. Maybe there were several instances where I should have just done so. But if I was told to do something that I thought didn't make any sense, it seemed prudent to ask why. Or if somebody told me you can't do that, it seemed prudent to ask why not. I think that's something that a lot of people like about our president and respect about our president. When he was running, so many people told him along the way, you can't do X or this will never work. And a very common response he got from then candidate Trump was, why not? And he gave that face. Everybody who's listening can probably picture the face that he's making when he's saying, why not? Kind of shrugging his shoulders, chins going down to his chest. Like, what are you talking about? Why not? You know, what are the examples that always comes to mind? When I was in law school, from the outset, we were told, never ever write using contractions. In my entire life, I had written using contractions. Can't, don't, won't, shouldn't. And they say, oh, no, 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 never do that. Lawyers never use contractions. And talking with Philly Chris fairly recently, I found out that this is not only true in the legal field where they tell you to do that, but in other professions, they tell you the same thing. Never use contractions. It's unprofessional. Unprofessional. Tell me not to use contractions. My response is, why not? And you want to know how I found out that they do this in other professions through Philly Chris? Get a little inside baseball here. Show them a little bit behind the scenes. Break that fourth wall. Philly Chris and I were working on one of the Bag of Bees commercials. And he's going through his read at the end. He had just prepared the read for the disclaimer. He's great at doing that voice. A lot of our listeners had written in saying how, how phenomenal he does it. Performing that voice really makes the commercials. But when he first wrote it out, he didn't use any contractions whatsoever. So it was sort of ingrained in him by that point. Don't use contractions. Spell all the words out. Use the long form. So that's how he wrote the script. And he starts reading it out loud. And I'm like, dude, this doesn't sound right. What's going on here? Why do you sound so choppy, so robotic? He says, well, Mike, it's, it's an old habit. In my profession, uh, when I worked in finance for all these years, they told me don't use any contractions when you're talking to people because it's unprofessional. Unprofessional. 
You sound like Dr. Seuss. I would not like them here or there. I would not like them anywhere. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I am. Sounds ridiculous. And I run into lawyers all the time where that's been beaten into their head. Don't use these contractions. So they write me in emails. Do not, cannot. I'm reading Dr. Seuss books all day. Could we just get rid of this? Nobody talks like that. Nobody talks like that in real life. And if you do, you're a weirdo and I don't want to talk to you. Billy, Chris, anything on that? <laughs> you got me laughing pretty good over here, brother. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a hard habit to break. You know, I do not, would not, cannot. <laughs> <laughs> cannot break the habit, the stupid I, habit, so right? difficulty with it. Yeah, I'm glad you remind me, though, because... It's difficult to get away from that that pattern, <clears throat> doing it all those years. But uh, but you're right. It, it it sounds kind of silly, and it's just like why, like you said, it, why? Right. Why? It brings why? me back to the why. Why is it important to sound like a robot? Why is it unprofessional to not sound like a robot and to sound like people talk every day? It makes zero sense to me. Yeah, you will do as we say. Yeah. Hey, do you think that that's part of it? Is that we do these things because that's the way they've always been done, and because we said so? I'm not really into following rules. They're just we've always done it this way, and because we said so. It's like, well, who are you to say so? Who are you to say that I've got to speak this way? That's ridiculous. Don't you agree? I, I totally agree, and it's interesting you bring this up because many years ago, I'd have to go back and check, but uh, there was a book I read, and it had an acronym. Uh, like Dawa, like do not, uh, don't ask who, ask why. D a w a w, I believe it is, and uh, it's kind of like what Trump does, where you just said, you know, don't ask who, ask why, and go like five levels deep, you know, because you can blame people all you want, but get to the why of it. Why did this happen? And often it's you know a process that broke down. But with you know the writing styles, yeah, there's really no need for it. And who does that anymore? Uh, I, some people are doing it. Uh, but I th I always thought it sounds ridiculous. It I looks agree. ridiculous. You're reading this stuff. Is that sort of like a root cause analysis that you're talking about? Don't ask yeah. who, ask why. Get to the, exactly. the the root of the problem, sort of thing. You have That's experience right. with that in the professional world? Yeah, yeah. I learned some uh, you know managing projects and being involved in the financial uh, sector there for a while. It was very helpful because you know sometimes people would just focus on. The individual, but then when you dug into it, it really wasn't their fault. You know, maybe it was a procedural issue or, you know, there's a reason they did it that way. You know, like you just said, you know, they were told don't use contractions. So that's why they did it. But, um, you know, don't ask who, ask why. So get to the, the root cause behind it. So, yeah. Why not? Right. Why right. not? Is that not? Always, yeah. always a great answer? I would not, you know, wouldn't, you know, all that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I find that that's an answer that often comes to my head when I speak with people from New York or New Jersey who are totally anti-gun. They're like, oh, well, uh, you know, regular people can't be carrying guns around. And says, why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, we, right. I remember we were talking to somebody, Jose, and I were talking to somebody and they said, oh, well, uh, you know, my wife, she could never own a gun. And we were like, why not? You know, <laughs> is there something wrong with her that she can't own a gun? Uh, they seem to think that there's some kind of magic wand that you get in the police academy and therefore only the police can possibly safely possess a firearm and protect themselves and their loved ones. I don't want to put myself in that those shoes, right? That that's, right. that might be what it comes down to is unwillingness to take on that responsibility. And if I'm not willing to take on that responsibility, then nobody should, right? Right, right, exactly. 
Yeah. Me and a friend of mine <laughs> came up with this term. Have you ever been driving down the road in Pennsylvania, whether it's the Turnpike or uh, one of the major highways like 78? And, and inevitably, along your ride, if you're going on a fairly long trip, you'll come to this point of the trip where somebody's in the left-hand lane doing, let's say, 65 miles per hour, like five miles under the speed limit. Maybe it's just the speed limit. If you've driven in Pennsylvania for quite some time, you right. know that nobody really does just the speed limit, or even, or let alone and, five and, under. And right now, lane. I know you haven't been out much, but when I go out now, 95 like Route 95 is literally like 95 miles an hour now. Like people, <laughs> I think they believe 95 is the speed limit because that's the name of the road. But yeah, yeah and, and you can go. It's crazy. That that's an entirely different ball game. But what right. I was getting at is that uh, this is the way things generally work in Pennsylvania when there are people on the road. And during your trip, you'll always run into one point in the trip where you've got somebody in that left lane doing just the speed limit or five miles under, and they've got plates from out of state, right? They've always got right. New Jersey plates or New York plates. They're just not familiar with the way things work around yeah. here. And my friends and I used to call them Democrats of the road. <laughs> and and the, the whole concept behind it is, well, I don't want to go fast, so nobody's going right. fast. I'm right, going to sit in this left lane and I'm going to do just the speed limit or five miles an hour. I'm a Democrat of the road. You've all run into them. So uh, yeah. you got a new name for these people when you run into them. If you're <laughs> from New Jersey or New York and you're listening and you're on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, I know the speed limits in New York are like 39 miles an hour and they don't want to be driving too fast because they'll get hurt. And 99% of the time, the traffic's so heavy that you can't do more than six miles an hour anyway, right? God forbid your foot slips off the brake you'll crash into somebody in front of you in New York City. <laughs> but in Pennsylvania, it doesn't work that way. We, we like to drive, we like to speed things up a little bit. So if you only feel comfortable doing the speed limit or a few miles under, get in the right lane, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Please pull over, yes. A bunch of mustard-eating knuckleheads sitting in there in the left lane. Well, then For you those try to go around them on the right and they block you. They, they pull over like, oh, no, you're not going to go around me. You know? uh, well, some of them are like that. Those those are a special kind of mustard eating people, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just well, put the cruise control on, get in the back seat and go through the breakdown lane. That's what I do. That always works. For those <laughs> of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. I want to remind everybody that today's episode of Mike G in the morning is brought to you by Elite Tactical Armory. Your off-site firearm storage solution in the Lehigh Valley. Elite Tactical Armory is a commercial armory where you can rent secure storage for your firearms. You can use their facilities for any reason you'd need to store firearms outside of your home. Whether it's because you're traveling out of town, or you're dealing with false accusations, whether you've got legal problems, or you've just run out of room for all your precious babies, Elite Tactical Armory is the storage solution for you. You can find more information about Elite Tactical Armory at EliteTacticalArmory.com or PAArmory.com. That's EliteTacticalArmory.com or PAArmory.com because it's important to support those who support freedom. And be sure and tell them Mike G sent ya. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to tell David to keep a running tab over there. First 10 people who go on over and mention this ad, I'm going to send them over a 
autographed copy of my book. Does that sound cool, Chris? What do you think of that? I think it's a fantastic idea. It's uh, great information and what a nice uh, gift for folks who participate in um, checking them out and uh, storing their, their guns over there. Great idea. So I think that you volunteered to drive them up to Elite Tactical Armory. So Russ has got that on tape. And we're yes. going to hold your feet to the <laughs> fire, all right? Well, let's get and into talking about some gun stuff. Interesting story. We've spoken about red flag laws on this program in the past. We've really beaten it in. These laws that are being proposed all over the country, enacted in several states. And really, it's a travesty when it comes to due process in many instances. You have these laws being put on the books where somebody accuses somebody of doing something. And the government comes and they take the accused person's guns. And the accused person gets to hire a lawyer and go to court and try to show that he's not a danger to himself or others. And the standard being used for these red flag laws, extreme risk protection orders, as they sometimes call them, typically a very low standard. Keep in mind, this is a civil proceeding, not a criminal proceeding. Criminal cases, we've got constitutional protections long in place beyond a reasonable doubt. Very high standard, high burden for the government to meet. But in these civil cases, you'll have a lesser standard, certainly not beyond a reasonable doubt. Sometimes you'll have what's called preponderance of the evidence, which is just fancy code for more likely than not, 50.0001% chance. And you've got things like clear and convincing evidence. In New Jersey, they've got a standard called good cause. What is that? Hmm. If that's not totally subjective, left up to the discretion of the judge, I don't know what is. Mm. And here's the issue. You get people in these situations. They get in front of the judge. The judge is petrified that if he lets this person go, that if he doesn't hold up this extreme risk protective order and something does end up happening, this person goes out and they do something with their firearms, they hurt somebody then that judge is going to be on the hook. So they end up erring on the side of caution and people end up without their constitutionally protected rights. They end up without their right to bear arms. Their firearms end up confiscated. And sometimes these situations can get incredibly dangerous. We've spoken about the situation that happened over in Maryland. Guy's sister called on him. And the police come into the house by force very early in the morning. And so this gun owner is woken up by his door being broken down, doesn't realize what's going on, comes to the stairs with his firearm in hand and gets shot to death. Crazy. Shot to death by the police. That's, mm. That is not going to be the last time something like this happens during these interactions. It is a very, very dangerous situation, very sad situation for everybody involved. But Oklahoma, as they always do, went in a little bit of a different direction. God bless Oklahoma. I really loved living over there for those years. Mm -hmm. the, the, the culture of being pro-Second Amendment and being a law-abiding gun owner is really just at a different level in Oklahoma. Pennsylvania, in certain respects, reminds me a lot of it. 
But Oklahoma is just, it's its own special place. I recall listening to the news on the radio, and it would be not at all uncommon to hear them say, you know, somebody broke into this elderly woman's home in the middle of the night on Saturday or, you know, last night, whatever it was. Woman shot him dead. Case closed. That is something that you don't hear in New York where I grew up, right? That story ends a lot differently in places like New York. It ends with a dead or severely beaten or a raped elderly lady. That's how those stories end in these places where the law-abiding citizens have no options to legally right. protect themselves. And you might say, oh, well, look at you, you, you crazy person. You're celebrating that somebody died. No, I'm celebrating that the elderly woman didn't get beaten and raped and killed in the process. I'd much rather hear on the news that the intruder got shot dead than the innocent elderly lady got pulverized. I don't care. That's the way I feel. That's what I believe. And if you don't believe that, you're a mustard-eating knucklehead. (laughs) Let's talk about the anti-red flag law brought about over in Oklahoma, recently signed into law by the governor over there. You know, it's so so short and straightforward that I want to read the entire text. And I love this because I think one of the downfalls of legislation in our day and age is that these politicians make these laws so long and boring and unnecessarily repetitive. Talk about all the the, the tiny details and using words that you don't need to use to make it look or sound a certain way that it becomes impossible for people to read. Right. You have some of these laws. uh, Did you read it? No, I didn't read 9,000 pages. What are you kidding me? <laughs> I got things to do. You know? You're not I running gotta, a, a law firm or anything. You know, you're doing all this other stuff. Yeah. Let alone run a law firm. I mean, if you had to eat three meals a day and, and walk right. your dog, you wouldn't be able to read some of these laws. <laughs> if you devoted every other second of the day. Yeah. It is crazy. Who writes <laughs> got, these Got to sleep for a couple hours at night, right? Right. Yeah, forget about uh, it. They write these things. They're so unnecessarily long. I want to read this. This is straightforward. The way that the law should be understandable and accessible to the public. If you can't follow the law without hiring a lawyer or going to law school yourself, then something is wrong. How are we expected to follow laws that people don't even have the ability to understand? Or have the ability to even, let's say you could understand every single word of these long, long bills. You ought to have the opportunity to read them. So I like this this, uh, direction that they've gone in over here. Let's read it in full for our listeners. The state legislature hereby occupies and preempts the entire field of legislation in the state, touching in any way extreme risk protection orders against or upon a citizen of this state to the complete exclusion of any order, ordinance, or regulation by any municipality or other political subdivision of this state. So I want to sort of break this down into exactly what this means. So when you say that it preempts the entire field of legislation, they're saying, as a state, our government is taking over this particular topic. And because we're taking it over, your local governments can't write conflicting contrary laws. 
they're they're basically taking the authority away from these local governments to do so, from these political subdivisions and municipalities saying, hey, we're going to go ahead and make the law on this particular topic, and it's going to be uniform throughout the entire state. And in many instances, uh, the reason for what they call preemption is nothing but common sense. For example, let's say that every single local government could make their own traffic laws, right? Well, in Chester County, we drive on the right side of the road and we stop at red. We drive at green. <laughs> Yellow means drive really, really fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, exactly. But let's say you hop on over into the neighboring county over in Montgomery. Well, over in Montgomery, that's an entirely different story. Right. In Montgomery, we drive on the left side of the road and we drive only in reverse. If you don't drive in reverse in Montgomery County, then that's going to be a violation. <laughs> and uh, we also go on red and we stop on yellow and uh, green means go really, really fast. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> that all starts tomorrow. Right. That actually starts tomorrow. <laughs> Is that, but, that, but could you imagine if the right. laws were different? As you're going through these separate local governments, as you're going through the different county or the different townships. So that's what the concept of preemption comes about. Hey, this is a particular area of the law where we feel it should be uniform throughout the entire state to avoid confusion and to keep consistency. So what they're saying here is that with respect to extreme risk protection orders, we're going to be the sole legislators on this. We're taking away the authority of local governments to make their own laws when it comes to this stuff. So let's continue on with the law. Any agency of this state or any political subdivision in this state shall be prohibited from accepting any grants or funding to implement any statute, rule, or executive order, judicial order, or judicial findings that would have the effect of forcing an extreme risk protection order against or upon a citizen of this state. So this is really good because they're saying we're standing up. We're not going to take any money and nobody's going to take any money to put one of these kinds of schemes forwards. And that's how the federal government often interacts with these states in situations where they can't necessarily force the state government to do something. They've got no authority to command something. They'll put strings on money. We see this all the time. They say, oh, well, you know, we can't really force you to do X, Y, and Z. But if you want this money, mm -hmm. if you want this funding, we got, we got an envelope with your name on it. But mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you're going to have to do something in return for us, right? Yeah, we're going to need a favor in return. You're going to have to do X, Y, or Z. They're saying if the money, the envelope shows up and it says you got to implement extreme risk protection orders, we're not taking it. We can't take it. We're making it the law. We're not going to accept that stuff. Not for sale. Mm -hmm. I like it. So let's move on. For the purposes of this section, extreme risk protection order means an executive order, written order or warrant issued by a court or signed by a magistrate or comparable officer of the court for which the primary purpose is to reduce the risk of firearm-related death or injury by doing one or more of the following. Number one, prohibiting a named individual from having under the custody or control of the individual, owning, possessing, or receiving a firearm, or having a firearm removed or requiring the surrender of firearms from a named individual. 
So basically what you think of when you think about uh, these sort of red flag laws, they're saying we are not doing it. And so much so that we're going to implement this legislation so that nobody could take money, take these bribes to go ahead and implement the dirty work of the anti-gunners. And we're going to stand up for what we believe in due process, constitutional rights, the Second Amendment. So it's interesting that that they came out and did this. This is the, the first one in the nation, from what I understand. When you think about red flag laws, there's something counterintuitive about what they're doing. They're saying this person is so absolutely dangerous that we need to take a measure to get the guns out of their possession. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because if the person were really so incredibly dangerous, wouldn't they remain so incredibly dangerous whether or not they keep firearms in the home? If they're really so incredibly dangerous to themselves or others, don't you think there's a bigger problem that would need to be addressed other than the inanimate objects kept in their home? It's a good point. It makes no sense whatsoever. That's why with criminals, they go to trial and if found beyond a reasonable doubt they've committed those elements, what happens? They go to jail. They lock up. They incarcerate the dangerous individual. You ever go to bail proceedings, right? They're danger to the public. We talk about flight risk as well. And bail is not to punish. Keep that in mind. Um, but... If you're protecting the public in the context of bail, presumably that's because the individual is dangerous, not the objects that he keeps or the means that somebody might choose. So is this really about people posing a danger to themselves or others, or is it just another mechanism to get rid of firearms out of the hands of people who have become law-abiding gun owners. I will let you, as the audience, decide for yourself. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the Morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. Chris, you know, I think it's time that we hear a word from our sponsor. Mike G from Mike G in the Morning here. I want to tell you a little bit about Elite Tactical Armory, your firearm storage solution in the Lehigh Valley. Elite Tactical Armory is a commercial armory where you can rent secure storage for your firearms. You can find out more information about Elite Tactical Armory at EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. Don't forget to check out Elite Tactical Armory for your firearm storage solutions. Again, for more information, go to EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. Hornets in a hat. Snowflake Snowflakington here. You might know me as the inventor of your weapon of choice, the bag of bees. I used to have no way to defend myself. My uncle took out a BB gun around me once and I immediately went pee-pee in my shorts. He completely ruined my 39th birthday. So I invented the bag of bees. But I want to make it even better. Are you a faithful user of the bag of bees, but wish you had something just a little bit more powerful? Recently... We've come into possession of a select amount of murder hornets, and I've come up with the best possible solution for them. I bring you hornets in a hat. Simply carry a hat filled with murder hornets in your back pocket, and when an attacker threatens you, 
you just pull it out and forcefully place it on the attacker's head. But don't wait. There's a limited amount of murder hornets in stock. So hurry up and get yourself some hornets in a hat. To get your extra strength limited edition murder hornets, call 1-800-M-U-R-D-E-R-H-O-R-N-E-T-S-I-N-A-H-A-T. That's 1-800-M-U-R-D-E-R-H-O-R-N-E-T-S-I-N-A-H-A-T. We are not responsible for any misuse of our limited edition murder hornets. However, do not be afraid to release them during any true life-threatening incident. Operators are standing by. Murder Hornets in a Hat Incorporated is a subsidiary of Bag of Bees Incorporated. Oh boy, it's your pal Snowflake Snowflakington here with my good buddy, Sammy the Socialist. Say hi, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. You're so silly. <laughs> I'm so proud to introduce to the world and all of the universe our new product, Hornets in a Hat. Isn't that wonderful, Sammy? This is so exciting, Snowflake. I'm just so excited about it. It's very exciting. I can't wait for everybody to get their hands on our hornets. I'm very proud of what we've done. It's been only a short time since we introduced the bag of bees. And now we're moving on to bigger and better things, aren't we? We always have to do that, you know, just make sure that we have the latest and greatest technology when it comes to uh, the, the bees and the hornets, of course. Yes, I'm very thankful to, to be here today discussing it. That's how we roll, my man. Now, do you have any special questions about hornets in a hat? Well, you know, the one thing I was a little bit curious about is how um, you get the little tiny hats on the on the hornets. Like, where do the hats come from? Are they made in China? Or are they are they real small? Are they tiny like Velcro or the little like baseball snap things in the back? How does that work? Please explain that if you could. What are you talking about? Well, I was talking about the hats um, on the murder hornets because they're um, hornets uh, with a hat, right? Is that what's happening? They're going to have little hats on them to identify them as murder hornets? No, it's you simple. silly son of a gun. It's, oh. it's a hat that is filled with attack murder hornets, not little hats on top of the murder hornets. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you even thought that. You call yourself a scientist? I was a little bit confused by the whole scenario and situation and just wanted clarification, and I do apologize for any inconvenience I may have caused. That, that would be scientifically impossible. You should know better. Well, I'm very proud best. of our company putting together such a superior product. Uh, Murder Hornets in a Hat is simply a superior product and a, a superior self-defense tool. It sounds much superior than what we had in the past, especially with the, the recent upgrade to the murder hornet. So I think we're much better uh, prepared now for an incident. Uh, Snowflake, I did have a question about the structure of the company. Did you say it's a corporation? Yeah, well, yes, it is. We're a subsidiary of the Bag of Bees Incorporated. Oh, that's fantastic. A, a wholly owned uh, subsidiary of it? Is that what you're telling me right now? I don't know who owns it. Anybody can can own a piece of it, I guess. Well, it's like a freeware then, something like that. Everybody has it. It would be smart for people to invest in this company. Well, I'm going to invest right now. I'm actually going to go on my phone and, and make an investment right now. Well, that, that's a great idea. I think it would be a wise use of your money. I'm going to put all my gold and silver into the uh, corporate structure of what you're talking about. I thought you would have given it all away as a socialist. Well, that's what that I could share more. Once I get more, I could give more. That's how I look at it. Yes. I thought those corporations were bad because they make those evil billionaires. No, no, not our corporate. Our corporation's a good corporation. So How did it, 
good corporation compared to a bad corporation. You know, we're, we're just allowed. We're allowed. It's it's us, so it's okay. We know that we're going to be good corporations, right? Well, so, then, then I guess it's allowed because it's a good corporation, and that makes sense. So it's only you. us because we're, we're a tolerant corporation, so it's okay. Well, I appreciate you being tolerant for my questioning. What's that? Our producer's talking in my ear. What was that? Is there what's going on? Uh, Jedo people, uh, we have we have somebody calling into the show. His name is uh, uh Mr. Snakes Wilson, if if that is his identity. Oh my goodness, we got a uh, Doctor Snakey Pants on the line. Why don't Why don't you uh, you put him through? I think we're prepared. We can stand up to him, right, Sammy? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally ready for him. Actually, I'd like to talk to him about it. Okay, put him through. Mr. Snakes, are you there? Well, again, I don't know how many times I have to tell you. You can call me Dr. Wilson. I am a doctor. I have my PhD in snakeology, and you are not my friend, so you cannot call me snakes. Uh, I think that is clearly evidenced by the point that I have not called you in a while. However, I felt it important to call in at this very juncture. So if I do recall, you boys are up in what used to be the great state of Pennsylvania, right? Uh, yes, yeah, that's, that, that's correct. And, that's and we, we, you know, I don't think any state is particularly great because, you know, the whole world is good and America is not that great. But yes, we're the Keystone State, so, which is nice. Yeah, that good old Commonwealth of Pennsylvania used to be a fine place. But I am curious, how are you guys enjoying this? free trial of socialism this here governor is laying on y'all during this COVID-19 crisis. Well, um, you know, we, we just got to listen to the government right now. That's all. Uh, yeah. And it's fostering creativity because I just put one of the best products of all time on the market called Hornets in a Hat and your stupid snakes aren't going to be able to stand up to them one bit. Well, boy, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because uh, that sounds like some capitalism. You might be kind of, uh, you know, trying to talk out of both sides of your mouth. How I know you dare look you? Good at that. You're kind of mealing mouth. You're, you know, kind of want your cake and you want to eat it too. So either you want to make some money or you don't. But hey, whatever it is, it doesn't matter to me what you want because the chances of you making any money on this are zilch, zero, nada. Ain't gonna happen, Jack. You're not that just shows friendly. how little you know. That shows how little you know. This is the best product to ever hit the market, and it's going to fly you off the shelves like hotcakes. Well, you know, the problem with that is I heard about this little secret project y'all were running up there in Pennsylvania because there are still some good red-blooded Americans that live up in that fine state, and they keep me abreast of the happenings there. So when someone told me about these murder hornets in a hat y'all were coming up with, I took matters into my own hands a bit. And these politicians that y'all seem to trust so much, you would be surprised to know how easy it is to buy their support. I just used the lobbying wing of the NSA, the National Snake Association. And all we did was apply a little pressure. I mean, it didn't hurt that we had blackmail on some of them, you know, liberals up there. You know, they had some indiscretions, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, we got them to ban the murder hornets. So ban the murder hornets. What are you Why talking you about? Them? You can't ban them. Oh, we banned them. It was surprisingly easy, actually. All I told them was that the murder hornets were dangerous. And I actually took a couple pages out of the playbook of the liberals. They talk about how evil and scary guns are. I told them that the murder hornets would be the same thing. I told them that y'all were developing some military grade 
assault hornets that were like weapons of war. And when I started saying those kind of things, their ears done perked up. But, but that's ridiculous, Dr. Snakes. You know, these murder hornets, they're really just the same as all the other hornets. There's some cosmetic differences, perhaps. And, you know, why should you stop me from having the type of hornets that I want? I didn't hurt anybody. It's not fair. Well, sometimes life isn't fair. And you know what? I think you're just a little upset that I beat you at your own game. You liberals, man, all the time, you're always trying to run to the government, buy somebody off. You say, oh, think about the children, all the children it's going to save if we ban these here constitutionally legal devices that do nothing more than really just provide safety and security for good, honest Americans, unlike yourselves. That is preposterous. That is preposterous. You are nothing but a silly sausage because anybody with a brain inside their head understands that the only thing that stops a bad guy with murder hornets is a good guy with murder hornets. So you're actually saving lives with murder hornets. I actually think I heard somebody make an argument like that one time before. And, you know, funny enough, I think it was uh, somebody with our sister organization, the NRA. And interestingly enough, the socialist-leaning folks like yourselves, you all got up in arms and you wanted to tar and feather the guy. And then, incredibly enough, you all think that these murder hornets are the next best thing. Well, speaking of the children, when I have my murder hornets at home and they're not in use, I let my children play with them. And they're, they're actually quite nice. They're sort of like an ant farm, but completely different. I can't believe you all would even ask me such a silly question like that. Now, Sammy, I do have a question for you. What do you do to protect your children against them hornets? One of them, they're little kids running around. I mean, I know y'all like put them in bubble wrap, whatever y'all socialists do, you know, you pray to everything. How do you protect your kids from them hornets? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, when my kids are home playing with them, we have a uh, murder hornet abdomen cozy that keeps the murder hornets comfortable and the kids safe. That could quite possibly be the dumbest thing I have ever heard. Congratulations. You just lowered my IQ by seven points. Well, thank you, Snakes. Uh, I I was just going to say that's a phenomenal idea. Don't you dare call me Snakes again. Well, well, Snakes. You are one of the most repulsive, repugnant individuals (laughs) I have ever had the displeasure of speaking to. Uh, Dr. Uh, Snakes, I did have a question for you, though, regarding uh, hydroxychloroquine. I understand our president is now taking it as a precautionary measure, and I understand you're a doctor. So could you uh, write me up a script and fax it over to me before the end of the broadcast today? Uh, Absolutely. I I think uh, I could send you a prescription for that thing. I I think it sounded kind of like a fish tank cleaner. I'd be glad to send you some of that. You don't have to pay. You're a good friend to the show. Thank you. I will. Well, Dr. Wilson, I want to say thank you for coming on the program, and we will see you in court, pal. Well, my lawyer drives a Bentley, and I pay that guy about 1500 bucks an hour for his time. I guarantee you that when we get to court, y'all will be crying. Maybe you put them little safety pins on your collar and, you know, create like some kind of safe space, a crying room just outside the courtroom. That way, whenever y'all get trounced by my attorney, you have somewhere to go. You can console one another in some like weird, non-sexual, but like kind of creepy way. Okay, well, just expect the package in the mail. And when you open it up, uh, don't be afraid, even though it's going to be uh, a suspicious package, okay? With murder hornets. Fortunately. Shut up, Sammy. Along with finding <laughs> out that y'all were 
developing this product just in case I was not able to bribe the politicians. I did create some armor to protect my snakes and myself. So you boys are really out of luck. You know, I've had about enough of you, Mr. Fix. You're not even a real doctor. We're going to call you Mr. Fix. We're going to hang up on you right now. This conversation is over. Have a nice day. If you don't address me by my proper title, I'm going to have to reach you that phone and... Hornets in a hat. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters. Only on Fox News Radio, WF. Y.L. You know, getting back on the topic of the danger of these red flag laws, police coming in unannounced, very sad story coming out of Kentucky. Headline reads, family sues after 26-year-old EMT is killed by police. So what happened over here? Police say they knocked on the door and they announced themselves. And when they forced entry, they were immediately met by gunfire. A young lady, 26-year-old EMT, lost her life in the process. The lawsuit says that the police showed up and they forced entry without knocking and without announcing themselves. And they say the homeowners thought that they were being robbed, that there were intruders. Sure. What happened was the significant other of this 26-year-old EMT young man responded with his firearm. Uh, Even though the police alleged that the homeowners fired first, think about the scenario. If you believe that there's an intruder in your home and you confront them armed, serious things can happen. It looks like there was some kind of warrant looking to be served or perhaps they were looking for somebody who clearly wasn't there when it was all said and done. Very, very sad story. Not the first time that we've seen this kind of thing. And, you know, obviously this wasn't in the context of a red flag law, but these types of situations are bound to become more common. If we're introducing more scenarios where men with guns are showing up at the door of law-abiding citizens to try to remove firearms from the home at all these odd hours. It reminded me of a case that took place in Oklahoma. Wild story. Absolutely crazy story. Apparently, over in Washita County years ago, and a homeowner ended up nearly killing a police chief. What happened was uh, the The chief of police, believe it or not, had borrowed a bulletproof vest from the sheriff's office right before going into this man's home. Mm. It was a a suspected bomb threat, but it was all a hoax. Somebody had called in saying that they were the homeowner and saying that they had a bomb. Basically, they, they got that call, a bogus call. So the police show up at this guy's door. They, they knock it in. Right. And the homeowner ends up shooting the chief of police three times in the chest after being met. Because keep in mind, the homeowner has no idea right. what's going on. Mm. The fourth bullet struck the chief of police's arm. Had he not had that vest that he borrowed just minutes earlier yeah. before they went over there, that could have 
been an extremely, extremely sad story. Uh, but uh, that in that situation, ultimately, the homeowner was not charged. But you see, this is a, a swatting type situation. We see these kinds of things happen all the time. It goes to show you the danger being thrust upon law-abiding gun owners this day and age. This anti-gun community or people trying to, to get back at people, whatever their motivations may be, as a gun owner, you're put in this very difficult position. Uh, in Oklahoma, turned out a little bit differently. Ultimately, charges not brought against the homeowner. Chris, you know, with the, the time remaining we've got in the program, I want to touch a little bit on current events of all kinds. Why don't you hit me with a little bit of rapid fire? Let's see what's going on in the world. Yeah, sure, Mike. Yeah, doing some uh, research this week over the past few days, um, you know, related to the virus, I did notice that the CDC uh, reversed its guidelines stating that the coronavirus does not spread uh, easily on surfaces. So there's an interesting well, turn of events. What do there. they mean by easily, though? Because I've heard anything from, oh, well, it's a couple hours on this one, a couple of days on this one, and then, you know, they found it two weeks later on a cruise ship. What do they mean by not as much as they thought? Does yeah, it mean a, they had no idea in the first place and now they I, still have no idea? I think that's what it means, actually. And that's how <laughs> I'm going to interpret it because, you know, unfortunately, um, it's such a serious situation. But yeah, the, uh, Information coming from a lot of these organizations just keeps changing. Now, I understand that it's a new virus and they're learning and all that, but we're pretty far along into this thing. So I don't really understand how that could be, you know, that they're suddenly um, deciding that that's the case now. So, sure. Yeah. So, so it means we had no idea. We still have no idea, but right. now we're admitting that we have and had no idea. How's I, your daughter doing, by the way? Oh, thank you for asking. She's doing very well. Yeah. The fever broke and she's feeling pretty good. And, um, you know, again, we don't really know for sure if she had it or not because they diagnosed her over the phone. They so told her over the phone that she's got it. So clearly, yeah. she's got it. Oh, we're glad to hear that she's safe. We had a lot of people reach out last week and, and ask about her. What's next? Hit us with a new one. Thank you very much for uh, asking. Yeah. Um, well, it, it appears that and we talked about this a little bit um, on the show last week. I had mentioned that I had some concerns that maybe there would be a future outbreak uh, coming in the news. And just yesterday, uh, there was a report coming out of China that 100 million people are being put on lockdown over there now because of a uh, hundred new... million people. Yeah, they're, that's what they're saying. Yeah, approximately about 100 million people. As of yesterday, they're, they're putting on some sort of new lockdown with a brand new breakout um, of this coronavirus. So more to come on that. Uh, it's, it's Do you believe them? I don't, I really don't. I mean, it seems like the information coming out early on during this whole situation, the numbers were not accurate. So I don't believe it. You know, I think that, you know, it could potentially be some sort of propaganda, which is possible with a lot of this stuff. I'm, I don't know. If what they to, wanted to completely yeah. shut down the economy, all they really have to do is put this stuff out there, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, our politicians obviously eat it up. They'll just say, uh, yeah, you know, this, this thing's coming back twice as hard. We got to lock down 100 million people for another right. three or four months. And the, the politicians over here, will be, oh, you know, we, yeah. we don't want this to happen. So we got to lock ourselves up. Very, very, very uh, difficult situation. I don't know how you make that call, but that's entirely possible that they're just bluffing in order right. to shut down our economy. They want to cripple our economy. There's got to be no question about that, no? It seems to be a, a motivational factor. I mean, it kind of has to be at this point. And, and I did notice uh, just last night a new report came out of a Dr. Siegel uh, warning officials uh, of a second wave as well. 
uh, here in the U.S., uh, you know, possibly happening coming up from South America. So that's mm-hmm. uh, brand new reporting on that. So I guess we'll follow up. But they said there's about 20,000 uh, new cases and Argentina is gearing up for that. But, you know, again, looking at all these numbers and the changes that we've seen over the past several weeks, um, it's very difficult to have much faith in, in any of this information. And it doesn't seem to be very accurate, unfortunately. Yeah. No, we'll keep an eye on that. What else you got? Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit of uh, interest here. We've been talking about Elon Musk on the show a little bit. I don't know if you saw this or not, but he uh, did a tweet the other day, uh, uh, take the red pill, which was kind of uh, a reference to the Matrix series of movies. So for those of you out there who like that, the Matrix, uh, did you see that, Mike? I don't know if you saw that. Didn't see it, but the, from what I understand, the concept is if you take the red pill, you you understand and you, you can't ever go back to where you didn't see the light, essentially. Is that what it's all yeah, about? Yeah, that's right. Like uh, mm-hmm. taking the red pill versus the blue pill, you're seeing things for – uh, you know the the re, the reality of what's actually yeah. happening in the real mm-hmm. world. And Blue pill is like an ostrich, right? You're yeah, you're staying in, in the, the matrix, yeah. basically. You feel good. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heads in the sand. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what about that guy though. He keeps talking about putting these these uh, machine brain interfaces, implants in your head. Uh, oh, I don't care yes. what he says. I don't care <laughs> what else he says. He's no good in my book, and he's the enemy. So he's got to do something about. Uh, he's got to do something about that. Maybe clarify or, or change his position. I don't know. Maybe it's too late, though, at that point. Could you imagine how much money is invested in that product and that program by now? Unless he's totally making it up and that's totally something that's not viable and he's using it to generate publicity, which is also entirely possible. Right. We talked about that Tesla truck situation where he said, oh, this is completely indestructible. And he throws a ball right through the window. (laughs) Remember that? And I said, come on. Man, and your response was he totally did that on purpose because now everybody's talking about it. I Maybe so, the yeah, same just... thing's happening with his Neuralink business that there's no way they're actually going to pull that off, but he's using it to generate publicity. I hope so because if they start to put things in people's brains, it's all bets are off, and the world as we know it is would no longer be the same, and everything is canceled. Yeah, well, you know, I, it's 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 pretty intriguing stuff. I mean, it's going to change humanity if it's real. I, I did get a sample, by the way, so the next time I see you, I thought we could try it out together. <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> um, although Ivanka did respond to his tweet, and she said that she had already taken the red pill, so that was interesting. Um, deal. Good deal. Uh, and then... Come on, I'm falling asleep over yeah, here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to get a read in here while, uh, while, while you're falling asleep at the wheel. Let's get a read in over here. Today's yeah. episode of the Mike G in the Morning program is brought to you by Lee Tactical Armory, your off-site firearms storage solution in the Lehigh Valley. Elite Tactical Armory is a commercial armory where you can rent secure storage for your firearms. You can use their facilities for any reason you'd need to store firearms outside of your home. Whether it's because you're traveling out of town or you're dealing with false accusations, you've got legal problems, or you've just run out of room for all your precious babies, Elite Tactical Armory is the storage solution for you. You can find more about Elite Tactical Armory at EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. That's EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. Don't forget to support those who support freedom. And be sure and tell them Mike G sent you. EliteTacticalArmory.com, PAArmory.com, PACommercialArmory.com. Check them out, folks. 
Excellent. You know, another thing that I've been following and looking at is this uh, contact uh, tracing. Um, I noticed some reports of several apps, you know, the uh, Apple iOS, uh, and apparently they're working with Google, which is kind of interesting because they don't normally collaborate together, but they're integrating into the newest uh, iOS for the iPhone and other phones and other apps. Uh, I don't know how many folks use the Citizens app, but quite a few people are using that right now with everything going on around us because it reports crime in real time. But they've integrated um, a contact tracing feature into the iOS and the apps. Uh, And basically what it does, Mike, is using Bluetooth, let's say you were diagnosed with COVID and you're positive and you have that information set up in your phone through these apps. If someone so else you've got to got give with, them the information, you've got to tell them, yeah, I got it. Well, it, I'm, it's very, it's brand new and, and they are having some issues with it, which maybe is good news. I don't really like the idea of what they're doing. You know, they're, they're trying to say, you know, for our safety, of course, that, you know, if your phone gets near another phone, that a bunch of baloney, are they, right. are they allowing us to opt out of this? Well, it looks like you do have to agree to it, but it, it appears that it's somewhat like you could easily do that maybe without realizing what you're doing because they're integrating it into some of the updates. So that's yeah, one of those crazy, the way they, yeah. they make you agree to all this stuff. It's like, you ever try to click? No, I don't agree. I, I do it all the time just to test it out. And a lot of times they're like, oh, well, unfortunately, then you can't use your phone it's like what do you mean i can't use my i need this thing i I paid all this money for this thing i need to use it right right exactly yeah so uh you know it doesn't appear to be a forced thing right now but who knows where this is going and of course as you and i both know once you give up some of your freedoms and, and liberties it's very difficult to get back and i don't know you know what this means let's say you get pinged and you're you're near someone who has covid and their phone tells your phone and then where does it go does it go to some uh local police department the police, or the hospital yeah, of course yeah, and then of they're going to show up at your so. house with a you know helicopter and then take you away somewhere or come get your children i don't know it's a little conspiracy theorist in a way to go that far with it but we're getting closer and closer to these possible um you know effects on on our society so uh, it's just uh kind of mind-numbing to see some of the things that are happening and, and the implications that they could have in the long run so something to keep an eye on and I'll uh, try to bring it up again once they know a little bit more about it on, on future episodes, Mike. You know what Mike G says? No, thank you. Do not agree. Do not comply. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week, folks. Stick around for We the People, The Constitution Matters. Pastor David Whitney, Professor Phil Duffy, I'll be joining as your legal analyst. Do not comply. Don't get anything implanted into your brain. And have a good weekend, folks. Enjoy a nice bowl of mustard. There you go. Have a safe and happy Friday, everyone. Peace.